want to encourage you. Gary, would you turn around and flip on light number five? I've got to get this light fixed because it's dark. So here you go. Now you can see me. Um, I just want to say thank you. We have a good turnout today. If you don't know, if you're a millennial or younger, you probably use your phone as your alarm. You probably don't even know we lost an hour last night, but you can feel it. So my advice on this day each year, which I hope we get rid of it. Amen. Let's go. I got some amens in the house. Let's go is that if coffee isn't working for you, there's a key to it. Just drink more coffee. And if more coffee isn't working, then drink more coffee. And that's the kind of morning I'm having. I went to bed at 11.30, which is 12.30, and I don't usually sleep through the night, but I woke up, and I didn't wake up at all last night. I woke up with my alarm, and it was kind of rude, to be honest. I have, it's on my watch, and it just vibrates, and I'm like, what? That's so my beautiful wife doesn't have to wake up. So I want to share with you, I actually have something I want to share with you that is off of my message, but I wanted to share with you one of our core values around here at Victory Faith. The most important thing, in, I mean, there's nothing more important than this, and that is to know God. Our job in life is to know God. God knows you, and it is our job to know more about God. That is what we do when we give our life to Jesus the first time, we give him our life and we surrender it all to him. But we also have to continue to get to know God more and more all the days of our life. So I want to share a couple of things with you that I believe, and I believe that it's for our church right now, is that it is God's will for churches to grow. Some of you are like, what? No, I don't want to be it. God, think about it. We want more people to know Jesus, right? We want everyone to fill the churches. So it's, it's natural for a church to grow, and we want to continue to see that happen. We want more people to know Jesus, and it's our job as Christians to share our faith and invite people to church and give them a reason to come to church. This is a church um, that we will continually mix between trying to do church for people who are already here, but also for those who aren't here. We want to continue to be a place that people can come and feel comfortable, even if they've never stepped foot into a church before. And when we walk through those doors, I'll tell you, I love our host team. They are amazing. They love on you. They're encouraging. They give you uh, papers and stuff, and it's really cool. Um, And then we even give gifts, so I love that. So we are going to continue to do that. Um, Something that we all need to know is our growth potential is all different. So my growth potential is different from your growth potential in, in our spirit and in all ways. But God has specifically wired each one of us to be able to do different things. And I believe that when you figure out what it is that God has wired you to do, your life will never change. <laughs> your life will never change. Your life will never be the same once that clicks inside of you. And what holds us back the most is insecurity. I, I've dealt with that all my life. And uh, I'm thankful to have an amazing wife who pushes me forward um, and loves me. So I've grown tremendously. Um, But we can get better. We can always get better. We can grow. We can get better knowing God. So what we do, I've got four core values. Know God. 
and this is just brief, but we create weekend services that lost people want to attend. Obviously, we want to. Like, we're worshiping God. We will do it. Like, we're here. We're dedicated. But we're also gearing a church service for people who don't know God. And then find freedom. Many, many Christians know God, but we haven't found freedom in our life. When we find freedom, we're set free from the things that happened in our past, whether the things that we did or things that, were hap- that happened to us. We can find freedom from those things so that they are released from our life and we can launch forward into the life that God has for us. We will discover our purpose. God, like I said, he has wired you specifically the way he has And he wants you to live out your fullest potential in life. And he wants that for you. And that is one of the things that we do around here. We do growth tracks. Step two today, even if you didn't go to step one, come in with me after church today. We've got child care. You will find your purpose in life. We will go through a spiritual gifts test, show you what your gifts are. And then we will also go through a personality test to see how you're wired. That is what we do around here. We try to help people launch into that and then make a difference once you figure out what you're supposed to do and you launch out into what you're supposed to do you are going to love it i I never see people when they're when they're making a difference in other people's lives i don't see people like complain about that it's usually when we're not doing something we we start to feel a little overwhelmed and like it's if we get up and do something to help people our life is going to be different so how do I word that more? So those, are, those words are for people outside the church. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. These are our church words here. So know God is lost people saved. We want to see lost people saved. And that is the job of the church. I wrote a couple weeks ago about the church is not a country club. A country club is an organization, and, and I'm not bashing country clubs, don't get me wrong. I, I've never been to one, but... Um, we are not a country club. A country club is specifically made for its members. And yes, we have members, and we are a church with members, but we call ourselves partners. We're partners in ministry doing something to reach the world. And so the church is the only organization that is actually built for the people who are not a part of it yet. And it is our job to bring those people in. And then number two is the cup of sanctification. Sanctify what? Sanctification, it means growing closer to Christ, being more pure, bringing a closer life to Jesus. I don't know if I said that right, but you can look it up later. Google it. We are to be set apart, so that fine freedom is to be set apart. We need to remove the excess that's living on our heart. It's, It's trying to make its home on our heart, and we have to get rid of it so that we can launch forward with Christ. And then number three, let's see here, do I have three? Oh, number two is saved people pastored, that's freedom. Pastored people trained, that's discover purpose. We believe that we're an army. And then trained people mobilized, we've got to launch out into our community. This summer we're going to be doing, and those of you who were here last year, we do a thing called Serve Day. Last year, we had like nine projects all over our city, and we made a difference in our community. That is a visible picture of a church being mobilized, and that is what we're here for, to continue that. I'll tell you, too, our serve team just did an amazing project where they served 
the Lee County Sheriff's Department, and they posted it on their social media about us, and so we've got our name out there in the community because our serve team did an amazing job. Hundreds of dollars worth of product that we gave these the, the Sheriff's Department, and they were so blessed by it, so I thought that was amazing. Our team is awesome. So I want to read a Bible verse, and just so you know, those of you who are type A and you like to take notes, you're going to have to listen today because I updated our computer. Anybody ever update their computer and it all goes to crazy? I can't get the stuff on the screens, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> John 15, 8 and 11, it says, This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. As Christians, <laughs> we have to bear fruit. If we don't have fruit coming out of us, not real fruit, like positive things that God is asking us to do, if we don't have um, if we're not finding that our life is aligning with Christ, we're not going to have it. So that your joy is complete. God wants to do an amazing work in our church. And he wants to do it through you. It is not the church, this building. You didn't come to church. You're joining with the church today. We are on mission to reach people with the message of Jesus. And I know many of you are looking at me and you're like, let's go. I'm ready. Pray, ask God to speak to your heart. What is he doing inside of you specifically? What has he wired you for? What do you want to do to make a difference in our community? That wasn't my message, by the way. That's added. And I don't have a long message, so I'll be done. So I want to start off today. We're doing 1 John. I'm going to read the first four verses in 1 John, just so you guys are ahead. You get your Bibles out. Get your Bible app going if you want. Um, if you want to. You don't have to. It will not be on the screen today, though. First John 1 through 4. I'm just going to read that, and most of my message today is just on verse 5. This, this letter is packed with amazing stuff. So I'm going to just read this beautiful passage to you to start the chapter. We saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. We're talking about Jesus here. The one who was from the beginning... He was there when everything was made, the living expression of God. Jesus is the living expression of God. He came to earth. This life giver has made, was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth, the eternal life giver. He wants to give you life. If you ever hear a voice in your head that's saying something that's not giving life to you, you can know right away that that is not God because he is the life giver. He wants to give life. He brings life into the world. Lived face to face with the Father and now dawned upon us. So we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard about this life giver. These guys are pumped. They saw Jesus. They saw him. They were able to live with him. And they said, we're going to tell everybody about the life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. We are writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. These people know Jesus, they know God, and they are full of joy, and they, they want nothing more than to give that to other people. And that, that is just on my heart. I want everyone in this place to know that. I want everyone to experience that. But then I want you to take that and release it to other people, just like he's saying here. 
the writer of First John is uh, John, who wrote the the Gospel of John. Also, just so we're not confused, there a couple little background nuggets. Um, so God is light. We're going to go into First John one five. God is light. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. When does your ear? When do your ears start ringing? It's usually when something incredibly shocking happens. Some of you guys go to the shooting range. You, you have that ringing in your ears if you don't have protection on. Ringing in our ears, something crazy that happens. You watch a movie, a bomb goes off. They play that ringing in the ears noise. Jesus coming to earth and them seeing him and experiencing him was a ringing in their ears experience. It was shocking. It was amazing. It was a, a roller coaster. They definitely didn't have roller coasters back then. Could you imagine, like, Jesus and the disciples, like, with a wooden roller? I know they have wooden roller coasters now. I'd never ride it, but let's go. <laughs> ringing in their ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. I love that analogy of God being light, because what does light do? I'm not going to shut off all the lights in this room because it's complicated. <laughs> there's like one, two, three, there's like five ways to do it. But God is light. If we shut all the lights off, we'd still have light coming in. But if we were able to remove all of the light, and you just turned on just the screen of my phone, you would be able to see it. Even just a little bit of light will pierce through the darkness. And you've experienced that in your life, too. You know that. Everything that Jesus did on earth was life-giving. He wants to give life. His message that he came to us to give, it's still ringing in their ears. You probably remember the moment, if you've given your life to Jesus, you probably remember that moment. It's a ringing in your ear. It's just like, wow. And when you step back and think about it, you remember that moment. When, when Jesus saved you from the life that you could have had. These people, they didn't see it coming. Everyone thought that he was, the Messiah was going to be this ruler, and they thought he was going to come in and change everything that way, but he came in and changed their life in a completely different way. He was the servant king. It was a ringing in their ears. Intellectually speaking, light is truth. So if you think with your mind, it is the truth. Jesus is the truth. That is the light, intellectually speaking. Darkness is ignorance or error. Darkness is ignorance or error, intellectually. Morally speaking, light is purity. Are we allowing ourselves to be pure? Are we letting things into our life, our hearts, our minds that are keeping us from being pure? Darkness is evil. There is a darkness. There is a light. There, is, there are parts of life that are black and white. I'm more of a gray person on a lot of things, but there are things that are black and white. Purity, darkness. Light, dark. Jesus' life-giving message is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. When we are going through life, his teachings, what he says, helps us light a lamp to walk through life to know how we're supposed to do. I don't even, lamp? I, 
you know, you watch the old movies and they hold it like that. I mean, I just use my flashlight on my phone, but I'll get to that later. So the, it's a lamp to their feet and a light for their path. And Jesus wants to be that for you. Now, we can receive him into our life. We raise our hand. We give our life to Jesus. That is the greatest moment you'll ever have. That is the key to life. But I'm telling you, there's more to life than that. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to get to know his way of life. He has a way of life that will light your path so that you can walk in the darkness that you're experiencing. Will your boss still annoy you? Yes. But will you have the light to know how to experience that and work through that? Yes. Yes, you will. There is the moment where you surrender your, your life to him, but there is another moment where you have to decide, am I going to surrender everything to him? Am I going to give him everything? Are there pockets of my life that I don't, haven't given to him? If you don't know, that's okay. You can pray and ask God, and he will reveal that to you. And there's no judgment in this. We all have something we haven't surrendered. Sanctification is this idea. I said that word earlier. Earlier is this idea of growing closer to him and giving more of ourselves to him. But there is no moment while we're on earth that we have done all of it. The day that we step into heaven and we see him and we see glory, that is the day it happens. But we always have something that we have to release to him. I want to read a Facebook post that my wife wrote, actually. <laughs> I just loved it, and she's my wife, so it's not just because she's my wife. I would have loved it if any one of you wrote it. But she is my wife, and I love her. If you're wondering why God isn't providing, ask yourself if you are living his way. He has a way. He doesn't play favorites, and it's not about doing something for him so that he does something for you. Get that out of your mind. That is prosperity gospel preaching, if you've ever heard of it. If you haven't, Google it. But he has a way for you to live so that you can live abundantly. Living his way automatically opens the door for blessings to flow out. Like I said, that may or may not be financially or physically, whatever, but it is a blessing where you, under, you have peace that surpasses all understanding. I had an experience like that the last couple months. I just had a peace in my life that did not make any sense for the uh, experience I was going through in life. But God gave me that peace. My trust in him allowed me to have that. And it's over the years. It's not always been like that, and it's still not in some areas, if I'm just open with you. But I have it in some areas, and I have it in important areas, I believe. And I'm continuing to try to do that. I don't even know where I'm at. Even if we can't always see how it works out, even if it's not in our timing, even if we go through the suffering instead of being delivered out of it, we can trust that when we live our lives for him and no one else and obey him, even when it doesn't make sense, we will walk in his blessing and provision. Guys, as a pastor, I know a lot of details of people's lives. I can tell you, we have at least uh, dozens of people in this church who are going through literal hell in their life, but they have experienced this peace that surpasses all understanding. They have given their life to Christ. They have given him everything that they possibly can, and they are walking in peace 
in peace because only God can bring that into your life. Some, all of us know how bad life can get. Life is rough. We've experienced it, but God wants to give you that peace. I want to read Isaiah 5.20. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. There, you can definitely tell the difference between sweet and bitter. I love my sweets. What sorrow there is for those who think that evil is good and good is evil. There is a difference between good and evil. Our world, it gets more difficult for, for a lot of people to understand what the difference is. But when you have the gospel, when you have Jesus in your life, you can see it. You know it. And if you don't, then you have to continue to get to know him and his character so that you can pierce right through that darkness. So, like I was saying, I'm a... I, uh, my flashlight thing. I'm a morning person. Like, I, I could get up earlier, and then I'd, I'd be fine with going to bed when the kids go to bed, like 7.30. I'm good. Like, see ya. And um, my wife is a night owl. So how m- let me, who's a night owl in here? Who likes the, the late nights, okay? Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Who are my morning people? Some of you didn't raise your hand at all. You're just like, I don't, I like all of it. Usually, it seems like there's diff- there opposites in marriages, <laughs> and uh, so it's, it brings its own thing. But so, at night, Anna usually has to come into the bedroom with her flashlight on her phone, and like she has to walk in there and like tiptoe around and all. Women don't tiptoe around though; they like slam all the doors and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's for me, honestly. Um, you know, she has to have her flashlight to see because it's it's completely pitch black in there. And then in, in the mornings, the same thing for me. Like, I'm getting ready in the dark. That's why I have a bland wardrobe, if anyone ever wants to know. Like, I can't see. It's, it's tough. So I just said, I'm going to buy black and gray, and that's it. And it also relieves anxiety in your life, if you ever want to know. Like, just buy a bland wardrobe, you'll be good. I almost said, <laughs> never mind. Um, but, but like I'm saying, I have to use flashlight. There's one, I, my past, I was a personal banker at Chase Bank. And so I had, I had to wear a shirt and tie every day and dress shoes and not my favorite thing in the world, obviously. Um, but there was once, one day I got to the gym, (laughs) I got to the gym, you know, took my shower, all that, got, got ready, getting ready. And I look in my bag, and I have one brown shoe and one black shoe. Getting ready in the dark. It's pitiful. I know, I know. Get ready, you know, the night before, all that stuff. I'm sure you live the perfect life. You do everything the right way. I'm, I'm sure. Um, so from then on, I mean, why not? Like, use my flashlight. <laughs> and I, I have it turned all the way down. But use your flashlight. I'm telling you, that little tiny bit of light that, that you that you show with that little tiny flashlight can light enough of that room for you to be able to see. And I think a lot of us in certain areas of our lives are living our life, walking around in our bedroom in the dark, getting our clothes ready in the dark. We're putting our shoes on in the dark. We're putting the wrong shoes on every once in a while. I don't think anybody's purposely doing that stuff. We're just kind of falling into it. But I'm telling you here today that we have the tools we have the things that Jesus wants to give us, that God has given us. I mean, 
does, I'm not going to call you out, but there are people in here who don't have a smartphone and don't have a flashlight on your phone, but almost all of us do. Almost all of us have the flashlight at this point, and I'm telling you, almost all of us have the ability to call on him and walk in the way he wants to. We can wake up five minutes earlier, earlier, spend time in the word, getting to know his character. When we get to know his character, we know how he would respond and how he wants us to respond. We have to do these. Spiritual disciplines are not a bad thing. I think sometimes we've gotten to this point where, like, the checklist Christianity thing has been, become so bad that we don't do any of it. But God wants us to build habits in our life that are glorifying to him that allow us to be able to process what he wants us to process, how he wants us to think. And when we do that, then it becomes a light to our path. I don't even know if you said that right, but you know what I mean. A lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We're able to see exactly where we're going. And I'm telling you, it may be at first, you may have that, that flashlight on dim, but you'll be able to see a little bit, and you'll be like, oh, I need more of that. I need more of that, so I'll turn it up a little bit brighter. I'll spend a little bit more time with him in his presence. I'm not saying you have to spend hours with him. I'm just saying give him more. Give him what you can. Give him, and you're going to love it so much. He's a beautiful Jesus. He's a beautiful God that he, he will attract you. He will draw you in even more, and you'll just be changed and everybody around you is going to see it. Your, your spouse is going to be the first one to see it, and they're just going to be like, what in the world? Like, why are you being nice to me? <laughs> it's going to be transformative. I'm, I mean it. Give him more. Give him more. Jesus does not always take away the struggle in life. I mean, I can count so many times where he has because he is a miracle-working God. I see it all over the place. Once you start following this stuff, you see it more often. You just, you know that it's God. But I'm telling you, he doesn't always do it on our timing. He never does it on our timing. But he will give you the light that you need to be able to walk through it. Many of you, I know many of you, I know several people in our church who are going through incredible amounts of physical body pain. But they have their eyes on Jesus Believing for healing, God, is he could do anything he wants. But at this moment, I'm walking with him. I'm growing with him. I'm getting closer to him in the middle of all of it. Because he's the one who can help you with it. He can help you with it. 1 John 2, 8 through 11. If anyone claims I am, the li I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer that person is still living in darkness. Been there. I've been there. I'm not saying just you. I'm saying this is part of life. If we hate another believer, we are living in darkness. Verse 10, anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Verse 11, but anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Shut off all the lights, walking around. I got the wrong shoes. It's not good when your work is 20 minutes away, your home is 20 minutes away, and you only have 25 minutes to get there. What do you do? Use the light, guys. Like, 
use the light next time I went home to get my shoes because I have not walked around with two different shoes on. Do you find yourself hating other people? Maybe it's just sneaking in there. Maybe it's a believer. Maybe it's an unbeliever. Maybe it's a president. Let's work on the things that are really difficult. Are we hating people? Do we have that living in our heart? Are we, allowed, are we going to allow ourselves to grow from this? Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to be inside of us and change us from the inside out? If someone, if someone bothers you so much that you start to resent them or hate them, it's time to, to seclude yourself for just a little bit and, and go to God. This is where silence and stillness comes in, into our life and into our disciplines of our relationship with Jesus. Just take a minute, just even right now. Let's just do it right now. Give him your thoughts. going to be the only time all day that you're going to be able to do that because if you have kids it just doesn't happen a per a person's verbal confession is not necessarily believed it we don't just believe by what we say we have to be walking it out we have to be walking it out if we claim that jesus is our king and we call ourselves christians it is part of the Christian nature to treat people with love and respect. That is, our, that is supposed to be our nature. And I don't think that, by and large, churches or the church as a whole is known for that. And I think we need to change that. Let's start it in Fort Madison. I mean, God can do whatever he wants. If we are not living the way that he's calling us to live, we're being blasphemous. We're, we're saying something that's untrue about God. We have to align our lives with God. If you come here on Sundays, just let me pick on you just a little bit more. Then, then you can smile and have a good day, get some coffee, hang out. If we come here on Sundays and we have a huge smile on our face then we go to work tomorrow and we verbally abuse our co-workers or our boss or we're gossiping about whatever we are living a blasphemous life we are saying something that's untrue about god we are doing something that god would not approve of and this, this is not the message i like preaching but i want you guys to cling on to it i want you guys to get it it's I have to speak it clearly and, and right out in the open. It's only because I love you, and I know that God wants so much for you. Are our beliefs in line with our actions? Do they align? And I'm not saying, don't, okay, don't hear me this way. Don't just go home today and say, well, I'm going to do exactly what he said, and I'm going to just go, I'm going to make it happen. Like, you can't do it. That's the loving thing to say to you right now you can't do it you can only do it 
with the help of the Holy Spirit, through God helping you do it. It is not something we can white-knuckle our way through. You, if you are naturally, and this is okay, like if you're naturally not a kind person, you are not going to be kind naturally. But I'm telling you, when you allow yourself to be changed by the Holy Spirit, and you rest in Him, then you can see the light. Let's go on the other side. If you are naturally an insecure person who kind of just moves off and doesn't, you know, just, you know, don't want to talk to anybody, then you are going to struggle with that until you allow God to work in you. We cannot white knuckle it. I've tried that. It takes a lot of adrenaline. It takes a lot of energy. It takes everything you have, and it's still not enough. But only God can do that in you. Take time away and allow him to work in you. Christianity is the only religion that says God is light, that insists on taking sin seriously and also giving a pathway to fixing the problem of sin. There is a pathway to fix the problem of sin. Jesus came so that your sin could be forgiven, erased, removed, and so that you can live with a, light of, a life of light in him, changed forever. The way to have fellowship with the God who is light isn't to deny that we are sinful. We have to own the sinfulness. We have to confess our sins. The whole revival thing if, that's going on in our country right now, if you're not aware, that's okay. We'll start it here. God is, it, we're seeing it happen through confession. People are confessing their sins and life's, lives are being changed. We're seeing revival happen in our, in our nation because we are confessing our sins to God. And so we do not need to ignore our sins. We need to confess them, give them to God, even if it's just to God. We don't do that very often. The Spirit wants to move into you today. Will you guys stand up with me? pray for you. If you want, you can put your heads down and, and look down at the ground or close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you that we have a room full of people right now who are ready, who are equipped, who are ready to find you. And there's some people in here who don't know you at all, and they want to know you. And I ask that everyone would make a decision for themselves today to find you. you today. One, two, three. Raise your hand for me, please, today. Thank you. Thank you. 
have for me is just a confession of faith to Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender everything that I know. And I ask you to speak to me and help me do more. I make you my king. I make you the center of my life. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you are perfect. celebrate with those who gave their life to Jesus today. We thank you. Jesus, we thank you today. We honor you. In this moment right now, we're going to go into a worship song. Whatever's God speaking to you, just bring that to him. Give yourself to him right now in, in, in a time of worship, whether that means coming to the front and worshiping at the altar, whatever that means, allow him to move in your